as Catholics, were sometimes looked upon with suspicion by other Christian religions. Because at first glance at our church, they don't seem to believe that we're a Bible-based church. Yet, the reality is nothing could be further from the truth. The Catholic Church is the most Bible-based church that there is. Yet, if you just sort of glance at us as Catholics from the outside, I think you come to believe that we're not a Bible-based church for two reasons. One, I think it has to do with the individual members in our church. Our Catholics don't fully understand, appreciate, and make use of God's Word contained in sacred scriptures. Look, other Christian religions, they kill us in this area. They can quote chapter and verse. They spend time praying daily with the scriptures. I think, sadly, it's true that many of us as individual Catholics don't give enough attention to the sacred scriptures. And I think it's important for us as Catholics to get back into the habit of reading the scriptures daily. But I think the other reason that we're sometimes looked at with suspicion is because as Catholics, we know the scriptures in a different way. For example, our Protestant brothers and sisters use the scripture as a source book for theology. They use it as a source book for good moral conduct, for how to behave, as well as for personal devotion. And while the scriptures certainly as Catholics should be a part of our devotion, and the scriptures are certainly useful in our teachings, as Catholics, we primarily use the scriptures for worship. Think about it. Most of what Catholics know of the Bible comes from hearing it at Mass. And it comes from well beyond just hearing the readings at Mass. Our entire Mass is scriptural. If you didn't know the Mass, but you knew the scriptures and you sat in a Mass, you would think that we're reading the Bible to you. You see, beyond just the readings at Mass, our prayers are scriptural. Think about it, the Our Father. Think about it, what we say right before we receive Holy Communion. We recite the words of the centurion. Lord, I am not worthy that you should under, enter under my roof, but only say the word and I shall be healed. You know, though, ultimately, we as Catholics approach the scriptures differently than our Protestant brothers and sisters. And so they look at us and make that charge that we're not Bible-based because we reject one of their fundamental principles. We reject this principle called sola scriptura, or scripture alone. We reject it for a whole host of reasons. Firstly, though, because this principle was made up in the 16th century. This principle claims that the scriptures are the only infallible rule of faith, the only way of practicing the faith. In other words, those who hold this scripture alone view believe that the whole of Christian truth is found within the Bible. And anything beyond what is contained in the Bible is either not authoritative, it's unnecessary, or it's wrong. As Catholics, we certainly believe in the scriptures themselves. But because we believe in the scriptures themselves, we disavow ourselves of this idea of sola scriptura. Because the scriptures themselves actually disprove the idea of scripture alone. If you actually read the Bible, you come to see that the Bible shows us that the true rule of faith is both scripture and apostolic tradition. That is to say, that God, in the person of Jesus Christ, entrusted the teachings of Jesus 
as well as to his apostles. And he trusted that to the care of the Catholic Church, to whom he gave the authority to interpret the scripture correctly, as well as the promise that, the, that he would be with the church until the end of times. You know, there's lots of problems with this idea of scripture alone. First off, nowhere in the Bible do you find the words that one should believe in scripture alone. Look, if we should only believe what is contained in the Bible, then we can only believe that phrase if it actually shows up in the Bible. Why should we believe in scripture alone when the Bible doesn't tell us to believe in scripture alone? The argument fails on itself. Yet this argument wasn't made up out of nowhere. As a matter of fact, those who believe in this idea of scripture alone oftentimes cite two biblical passages. First, they cite John 20.31. But these are written that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through this belief you may have life in his name. Let's look at what this says. You know, as Catholics, we agree that the scriptures are written, that we might come to believe and have eternal life. The scriptures aid us on our path of salvation. They show us who Jesus is and put Jesus in our lives. But look carefully at what this passage does not say. This passage does not say that the Bible is all we need for salvation. This passage does not say that the Bible is all that we need to study for our faith. This passage does not say that the Bible is even necessary to believe in Christ. You know, until recently, Christians didn't learn from the Bible. Until very recently, Christians learned from tradition. There was no New Testament in the very beginning of the Christian faith. We'll touch back on that a little later when we look at the history of the Bible. But it wasn't there at the very beginning. The first Christians didn't learn from the Bible. They learned from the tradition. And until recently, most people couldn't read. So they couldn't get their information from the Bible. Even more so, there was no printing press. So most people didn't even have access to a Bible. Think about it then. What about all of the saints that existed for the first 1,500 years who believed in scripture and tradition? Did they go to hell? Because they didn't believe in scripture alone. Maybe they didn't even have access to the scriptures. No, they learned from oral tradition handed down to them from generation to generation by the church. And they were put into relationship with Jesus Christ, lived lives of heroic sanctity, and became saints. Now that's not to say we don't need the scriptures. John 20, 31 is very clear that the scriptures are there to help us come to believe and to have eternal life. But you can't just stop there. You can't take that passage out of context. For example, read the passage, the verse that comes right before it. John 20, 30 says, Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book. Huh. Interesting. So we're not supposed to believe any of those other signs that his disciples witnessed and shared because they weren't written down? I don't think so. If we read the two passages together, John 20, 30, and John 20, 31, we see that in John 20, 30, the passage indicates that while Scripture is important, it's not the only piece of the puzzle. 
There's other stuff that's been handed down. And then John 31, 2031, talks about the importance of the scripture. The second passage that's often referred to to try and show that all you need is the scriptures is 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17. It says, All scripture is inspired by God and useful for teaching, for refutation, for correction, and for training in righteousness, so that one who belongs to God may be competent, equipped for every good work. Brilliant. Beautifully written. Yes, scripture is very useful for teaching. Scripture is useful for refutation, for correction, and for training in righteousness. You're right, the scripture equips us for our good works. But just because it does those things doesn't mean it's the only source. As a matter of fact, it actually seems to suggest that there are other sources that also have their uses. But you know, again, this passage is taken out of context. If you would actually look at the passage that comes before it, you would see it. 2 Timothy 3, 14-15 says, But you remain faithful to what you have learned and believed, because you know from whom you learned it, and that from infancy you have known the sacred scriptures, which are capable of giving you wisdom for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. In the first part of this exhortation, Paul tells Timothy to continue to follow what he has learned for two reasons. One, because of who he has learned it from. So this is a direct appeal to the apostolic tradition. He has learned this from Paul, who learned it from the apostles. And secondly, then, because it has been handed down by the scriptures. You know, this idea of scripture alone simply does not hold. It falls in on itself, because actually the scriptures contradict it. Take, for example, 2 Thessalonians 2.15, that says, Therefore, brothers, stand firm and hold fast to the tradition that you were taught, either by an oral statement or by a letter of ours. Paul is very clear that we need to hand on the tradition. How about we go into 1 Corinthians 11, verse 2. It says, I praise you because you remember me in everything and hold fast to the traditions just as I handed them on to you. We're to remain faithful to that apostolic tradition, which is handed on from generation to generation, and then to hand it on to the next generation. You know, again, this idea of Scripture alone falls on itself, and it fails even outside the realm of theology or religion. It fails on history alone. Because you see, history demonstrates that the Scriptures are a product of the Church's tradition. Yes, the different books of the Bible were composed over thousands of years by many different divinely inspired authors. But the Bible was not officially compiled until the year 382 A.D. In 382 A.D., Pope Damasus I called the bishops of the world to meet in Rome and gave them the task to discern which books should be included in the Bible. At the conclusion of the council, St. Jerome was then commissioned to produce a reliable and consistent text. It's a historical fact that the Bible was produced by the Catholic Church, which means then that the Bible has its authority as the Word of God because the Catholic Church discerned that these books were truly divinely inspired. 
It is simply illogical to believe in the Bible and to ignore the teachings of the church. Think about it this way. The second you doubt the authority of the church, you doubt the authority on which the Bible rests. Ultimately then, when you doubt the authority on which the Bible rests, you doubt the authority of the Bible. Without the church, without the church having that gift of being able to interpret the scriptures, of being able to discern which scriptures passages belong and which books are not divinely inspired, and having the insurance from God himself that the church cannot err, we would not have the scriptures. And the second you remove the Catholic Church from the equation, you are left with nothing. You know, we need authoritative tradition. The only way that we know what is contained in Scripture is divinely inspired is because of the Church. And if the Church can reveal the canon of Scripture, then she can surely reveal which truths and traditions have been handed down to us from Jesus and are authentic. Because you see, the Bible expresses the truth of this apostolic tradition. The Bible itself shows us this apostolic tradition at work. At the beginning of his ministry, Jesus called 12 men to follow him in an intimate way. We call these 12 men the apostles, and they spent every moment with Jesus in his three years of public ministry. And at that time, Jesus revealed personal knowledge about himself and gave them instructions on how to follow him. Then, after he had died, and before he ascended to the Father, he knew that he was going to depart from this earth. And willing that that saving work be carried out in the world, Jesus gave his apostles the authority to carry out his work under the guidance of St. Peter. We read in Matthew 16, 18-19, And I say to you, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of the netherworld shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven, Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. It's pretty clear. Jesus is establishing a church on the authority of St. Peter. Fast forward a little bit. Fifty days after Easter, ten days after Jesus ascended to the right hand of the Father on the Feast of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came upon the apostles, and they received the fullness of the Spirit. And from that moment on, they went out to publicly proclaim Christ and bring others to him through baptism. From the upper room, the apostles went to every corner of the known world. And as they went from town and city to city, they established the church in different places. And it was there that the apostles chose leaders of each local church and laid hands on them, ordaining the bishops ordaining them to keep that tradition alive, to lead people into a saving encounter with Jesus Christ. And in this ancient gesture of laying on of hands, the apostles handed on the authority they received from Jesus to the next generation of leaders in the church. These men then in time laid hands on other men, who then laid hands on other men, all the way down until today. Every Catholic bishop throughout history has a direct line of succession to one of the eleven apostles who received their authority directly from Christ. Through this apostolic succession, the Holy Spirit has remained with the Catholic Church, guiding her down through the centuries as she continues to carry out Christ's saving mission in the world. Today, 
the church continues to carry out the mission of Jesus Christ under the guidance of the bishops in union with the Pope, the Bishop of Rome, the successor of St. Peter, who Jesus gave that power to. While many churches have formed throughout the years, all of them have ultimately broken away from the Catholic Church. The Church continues to authentically hand down the saving message of Jesus Christ through her teaching in an unbroken and divinely protected lineage that traces itself back to Christ who founded the Church and promised to remain with it always. You know, if we look at our world today, it becomes very clear that we need both scripture and tradition. We need it, firstly, because this is how Jesus set it up. If we read the scriptures, we see that this is Jesus' wish. In Matthew 28, verse 19 to 20, we hear, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Behold, I am with you always until the end of the age. Jesus here commands his disciples to hand on the faith and to bring people to eternal salvation. He doesn't tell them to go out and hand people a Bible, have them read it, and interpret it themselves. No. He says, go out and hand on the message I'm giving to you. Yes, that is contained in sacred scripture, but it also needs the tradition. Because you see, in doing this, Jesus concludes by telling them that he promises he will be with them until the end. He assures them that what they will teach is true because he will be with them as they teach it. The Bible is the divinely inspired word of God which must, which must be applied to each unique time and place. Look, it has to be interpreted. What happens when we disagree about interpretation? You see, ultimately, though, it falls to the church from whom the Bible comes and who Christ has promised to protect that can be the proper interpreter of sacred scripture. As we look out in the world, we also see, though, that we live in a very complex society, much different from the time of Jesus. And so while all of the teachings of the church agree with sacred scripture, they often go beyond what is explicitly stated because God's message needs to be applied to changing times. Take, for example, a teaching on transgenderism, which was not mentioned in the Bible because it was unknown when the inspired authors were writing. Is there a teaching on that? What is Jesus' wish? We can't look just to the scriptures. We need our tradition. And while the teachings of the church expand beyond what is expressly stated in the scriptures, they cannot and will not contradict each other. Because you see, if you read the scriptures, you begin to recognize that the scriptures and our apostolic tradition come from the same person, Jesus Christ. They are two sources of our faith which need to be incorporated into our lives.